when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea and Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down, notice what he said, and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. And then the Lord just stopped and through a verse in here or a statement that seems very unusual for him. Uh, other times, he has said, okay, let's go. Other times, he has perhaps give assurance he would go. But here he just stops and he said unto him, except ye see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Now, I got to thinking about that. It's, it's an unusual statement or it, or it sounds strange for him to say this. Hides the idea that this man's wanting the Lord to do something, but maybe the Lord is wanting to teach a great, great truth. He's wanting this man, this nobleman, if you will, to go to a, a different place with his faith than he'd ever been before. He said, you know, you, you want to you, you want to see me perform. You want to see me uh, do a miracle. You want to see me touch someone and them raised. And all of those things are wonderful. But Jesus said, but you won't believe. It's an interesting statement. I'm convinced that many times we get the mentality in our Christian lives. By the way, I'm glad you're here tonight. Um, I almost didn't preach this because it's one of those thoughts that's wrapped in simplicity. It's really so simple, and yet it's tremendously profound if it can find a place in your heart and you can actually live it. How many knows that to apply it to your life and live it. How many, under, how many knows the living sometimes is a harder than a talking about it? Oh, it's, it's difficult. This is one of those truths tonight. And I'm so glad you're here tonight because God has got you here and maybe, just maybe, He wants you to get the same truth that He's going to share with this nobleman. I'm amazed. I'm amazed how God does things. I just, I love the fact He is so simple and yet He's Almighty God. Um, and we need a faith that's more than a lot of times what we have. We need a faith that can conceive the invisible. We need a faith that can believe the incredible. And we need a faith 
that can receive the impossible. Now, how many would jump up and say, I got all three of those. That's the kind of faith I have. Well, I'm not. I have to stand here. I'm not going to jump up. I'm already here. But the reality is, there's been times I have a faith to believe the invisible. Sometimes I can believe God for the incredible. There has been times that I have believed God for the impossible. And may I remind you, every time he has done that, I stand with my mouth open and say, wow, what a great God. But I would be less than honest with you. If I didn't, I'd be just graveyard honest and say, I don't live there every day. I want to live there every day, but I don't live there every day. Sometimes, if I can't see it, I struggle with it. If it's incredible, I struggle. But if it's impossible, I struggle with it. And this is a story about a man who discovered that the, 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 that faith is in itself the victory. Now, I need to try to explain this best I can. We tend to look at faith uh, like this. I'm going to pray uh, that God would do something. Uh, I, I need a job. Uh, I need uh, my business blessed. I need... I need a, a physical, t- I need something. So when God provides it and gives it, we say, man, what a great God that, woo, hallelujah, what a great God that is. What he's teaching us here is, the Lord saying, I want you to believe me, have a fit, even before it's done. I want you to believe me if it never comes. I want you to believe me if what you're looking to happen never happens. That's a level of faith most Christians don't live, but you can. It is a level of faith that says I'm going to believe God plus, minus, nothing. I'm just going to believe God. And then when he gives whatever I'm praying about, praise his name, but if he chooses not to give it, well, bless his good name, he's still God. See, it is a, a level of faith that, see, many times... Faith is victorious when he performs except you see signs and wonders you will not believe. Me pray this way. I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask God and when God does not come through, I guess maybe he's not God like he says he is. 
we begin to doubt we don't believe because she's not performed the way we wanted to perform. And yet, the Bible here says that faith is the victory all by itself. Let me, and, and the Lord used this statement, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And then he tells us the story of the nobleman is an illustration of this great truth. And I got to thinking the other day, I said, you know, the Lord knows some of us are slow. I mean, the Lord knows that sometimes we just don't get things as quickly as we should. So what he does in his mercy and his, I say hallelujah, he gives us an illustration to prove and to drive home the truth. The illustration is given for what he said here, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. So he gives us an illustration. Let's look at this story for just a moment. First of all, I see here a concerned father. Now no one can appreciate this story more than a parent. Uh, for only, you only have to be a father to understand that the love the father had for this child. I, I, was, I thought all day long about my dear friend, Brother Dwayne, and the loss of his son. And I don't care if your son's 40 or 140. It's hard losing a child. Matter of fact, it's probably one of the most difficult things. Many of you have experienced that. It's, it's tough losing a child. And we see here this man had a son, the concerned father. Notice the father's dilemma. So Jesus came into Canaan of Galilee where he made water into wine and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. And, and when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went into him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death. Now, the man was a nobleman literally means he was the king's man. This man was an officer in the king's court. He was a man of great prominence and a man of position. As a matter of fact, money would have been no problem to him. And influence he had an amazing influence. But he had a problem. His son was at the point of death. Now I'm sure this man, as any father that loves his child, would have spared no expense to get him healed. No doubt he searched up the finest doctors. He, done, he spent the, the, the uh, most expensive medications. And yet, all along, his son is dying, slowly dying in front of him. And for the first time, he realized how money, how little money truly means. Someone has said, money can keep poverty from your door, but it can't keep problems out of your life. 
Are you listening? Uh, years ago, there was a, a man by the, uh, uh, I mean, what's, uh, what's that name that prayer, uh, Michael Landon played in? Little House on the Prairie. How many remembers that? Praise God. Hey, some, some of you don't know, just Google it, you'll find it. But Little House on the Prairie, Michael Landon, uh, years ago got cancer. As a matter of fact, Michael Landon, when he got cancer, was worth $100 million. I mean, years and years ago, $100 million. But you know what? He didn't buy him another day's life. The nobleman learned there's some things money just can't buy. I'm going to tell you something. Money can't take the hurt away from Dwayne and Barbara Buchanan tonight. All the money in the world won't ease that hurt in their life. Not, not a bit. We grew up with Barbara and they lived across from us and nothing can ease that hurt. Someone has said money can buy a degree, but it can't buy wisdom. Money can buy sex, but it can't buy love. Money can buy people, but it can't buy friendship. Money can buy influence, but it can't buy respect. Money can buy a house, but money can't buy a home. Money can buy a pleasure, but it can't buy you peace. Meaning, money can take you anywhere except to heaven and buy you almost anything except eternal life. But this man's trouble, this man's heartache, his, he's got a dying son. And I mean, he's broken. Um, this man, he knows grief, but he, he's never known grace. He had never experienced tragedy. And he never experienced triumph either. I think sometimes we we need to understand, and that's that's one of them the great prayers that I find myself praying every day is Lord, all this mess, our it's it's like you took our world and, and shook it like a a, a a Christmas ball with all the parts are moving running around in it. It's it's like uh, uh, it's been shaking and crazy now, and I'm saying God. What are you doing in our world? What do we need to see? What do we need to know? Do you know sometimes trouble can drive you in your life to the greatest place it can drive you, and that's to Jesus. And anything that drives you to Jesus is a blessing. And we find that this man now comes to Jesus. Knows the uh, Father's dilemma, but knows the Father's demand. And the father come up to Jesus and said, listen, and listen, sir, come down, Aaron, my child. What, can I, can I just paraphrase that for you? Jesus, come home, come to my house. My son's dying, Lord. My son's dying. Now, Jesus was just not talking to this man. The word you, Notice what he said in verse number 48. Except ye, it's that word for you, see 
signs and wonders you will not believe. Jesus is not just talking to the man, he's talking to the whole crowd. And all of a sudden, because there was a crowd there that wanted to see miracles, wanted to see the sideshow. But what Jesus said, you don't need a sign. You need a Savior. You don't need a miracle. You need a master. So we find a concerned father. But notice with me, the confirmed faith. Now Jesus did what this man wanted him to do. Time out. But not the way he wanted him to do it. Time out. Jesus doesn't take orders. Some of you are not getting that. Repeat after me. Okay, ready? Jesus does not take orders. He does not. We don't dictate to him. He takes orders. He gives commands. And we're to obey. He does not take commands. Oh, I want you to know. Jesus did what this man wanted him to do, but not the way he wanted him to do it. See, this man needs to understand something that I want us to understand tonight. And oh, how real this is. God's not, his power, God's power is not limited to time or space. God's power is not limited or confined to time or space. Can I put it to you another way? He don't get in a hurry. Now, have you ever wanted, how many of you want Jesus to get in a hurry? Man, if I could just tell you the times, I want him to hurry. I mean, I want him to do it now. I want him to hurry. But he's never confined to time or space. What challenges us is this. God's got you where he's got you. You're wanting him to hurry and he's liable to just leave you sitting there till you get, get quit trying to rush him. Have you ever been trying, have you ever had some, I'm a master at rushing somebody. If you don't believe that, you ought to ask my wife. Amen. I, I got a subtle way. I can, I can rush Honey, you about ready? Come on. Are you about ready? Let's go. Come on. And I push, getting her stuff, getting her. I'm as good at that. I'm good at that. And, but the reality is, a lot of times God puts us in a place. He said, I need you to sit right there because I need you to understand. I don't, you don't dictate what I do and when I do. You just need to believe me that I'll do it. You just need to believe me. See, the idea was uh, he, he could not help but think about the difference of this man's faith. I, I'm amazed about this man's faith and then all of the faith of the centurion. You remember that story, don't you? He had a son dying just as well. Or a daughter, maybe his daughter dying. But anyhow, he, Jesus said, okay, let's go to your house. And the centurion said, oh no, Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. Just say the word. And Jesus marveled at his faith. But this man said, I want you to come down. And Jesus said, 
I'll heal your son, but I'm not going to come down. I'm not going to do it the way you want. See, this is, it's, it's simple, but it's profound. Jesus was more interested in his father's faith than in his son's sickness. That blows our mind. Don't you care, Lord? My son's not, don't you care? You'll never find anyone that cares more for you than the Lord Jesus Christ. But the Lord is concerned. I, I hate to tell you this. Lord's more concerned about your faith than your finances. Lord's more concerned about your faith than your fitness. The, oh, this is a big one. Need to get a, get a hold of this one. The Lord's more concerned about your faith than your feelings. How many understands too many times we give God status to our feelings? How many understands that? God's more concerned about your faith than your fortune. And God's more concerned about your uh, fate, your, more concerned about your fate than he is with your future. See, this father, notice what he did. He declared his faith. Jesus said, okay. Jesus said to him, go thy way. I'm not going down. Go thy way. Thy son liveth. Now, he's got a dilemma. Jesus, come down to my house. Jesus said, no, I'm not. But he said, you just go your way. Your son's going to be okay. He's living. Not, listen to what he said. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken to him, and he went his way. The man believed. He's not seen it. His son is actually a day away. He doesn't, they didn't have cell phones. He couldn't call. And literally, he said, I believe his faith become the victory at that moment without having to see what God was going to do. Now that's a level of faith. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him, for we must believe that he is. That means we've got to believe him, period. He is. And reward of them that diligently seek his answer. No, seek him. See, the reality is, Jesus said, and he believed. That's the victory. Faith is the victory. He'd won it already and didn't even know if his son was alive or dead. He just believed. Man was crossing a, a desert back in the days of the pioneers. He ran out of water, was dying of thirst, and he came upon a pump near an abandoned shack. Well, 
He had no water to prime the pump, but he noticed a jug of water there and a note attached. This is what the note said. There's just enough water in this jug to prime the pump, but not if you drink any of it first. Pour the water in the top of the pump and pump the handle quickly and you have all the water you can drink. And after you're finished, refill the jug for the next man who comes along. Now a man's dying of thirst. There's a jug of water and a note. He's got to make a decision. He could take the water and quench his thirst. That's what a lot of Christians do. And God lets you. But he could pour that water in the pump and get all the water he would never ever need. However, he had to believe there was water in the well. It's one thing. Boy, I just tell you, I believe God. How much do we believe Him? I'm going to be very honest with you. I, I've been here 28 years, and I've never seen a year like this ever in my life. I've never seen anything like this. I've never, I've never, I've never experienced anything. I'm a young man. I've never experienced anything like this in my life. And one of the things it's done, it's done, it's challenged. It's challenged. Okay, preacher, what do you believe? One of the things it's challenged because I talk to, I, I, I love my preacher friends, and I'm not being critical of one. Please don't boo me out. I talk to one of my preacher friends, and this was the first words out of his mouth. He said, preachers, this goes on over two or three weeks with the churches a collapse. We'll be out of business. We'll be shutting the doors. That's what he taught me. That's encouraging, isn't it? And, um, but you know what I've come to the conclusion? I just believe that God on this rock I'll be on my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I just got to believe this is God's church and somehow or another, some way, he will keep it safe and keep it a church and keep it going forward for his glory. That is being challenged now as never before in my life. And if I've been challenged, I got a hunch, you've been challenged everything. So this man poured up, poured the water in the pump, he pumped and the water came all because he believed. Notice he declares his faith. Then he demonstrated his faith. Jesus said to him, go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him and notice, and he went his Way. Could you give me a few more facts, Jesus? How's it going to happen? Don't you love it when somebody, oh, dear ladies, I love you dearly, 
But if you want to tell me a story, just go to the bottom line. You'll help me out. Amen. Just, just go to the bottom. Just, just, just go to the bottom. Uh, just go to the bottom. What is? And, and yet, this man, you could. But could you give me details? I, I, I was thinking. Go. No, he went his way. Somewhere, you just got to believe. He went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. He inquired he of them the hour when his son began to amend. There's a little statement here that puts on display that faith had become this man's victory. You probably just missed it, overlooked it. I did. I read this several times, but the other day it just jumped off the page. Listen to what he said. It's made, and they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. Notice here, this man is the day after Jesus healed him. Let me tell you how much he believed. He didn't start home. He didn't start home. I don't know where he got detained. Was it late in the evenings? He didn't want to. I don't know. But now my son's sick. I'm going to get there, right? But he believed to the point that he didn't hurry home. And he met his servants, and the servant said, your son lived. He said, tell me about it. When did he start getting better? He said, yesterday. Yesterday. He started getting better. See, real faith is putting all your eggs in God's basket and then counting your blessings before they hatch. Concerned father, confirmed faith then knows the converted family. And this story of sinner becomes a saint. So the father knew that it was at the same hour which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed. First he believed the promise of Jesus. Now he believes in the person. First he believed Jesus, what Jesus said, but now he believes who Jesus was. First he believed in the miracle, now he believes in the man. First he believed in sign, but now he believes in a Savior. You see, this man wanted Jesus to deal with his son, but Jesus wanted to deal with his soul. Ain't that good? Sinner become a saint, and a saint become a soul winner. Notice what he said. Tell us it also came to his whole household. A.T. Pierce said, a great preacher of yesteryears once said, a light that does not shine, a spring that does not flow, a child that does not grow is no more a contradiction than a Christian who does not witness. May we, may we get a hold of this kind of faith. Great Jewish evangelist, his name was Haman Appelman, told the story of a little boy in Chicago. 
born so hopelessly crippled and his mother's just a poor scrub woman and a maid and couldn't afford very much. She would buy the paper and she would bring the paper or he would slide over the floor and he'd read every story in the paper. And in that story told about Dr. Lorenzo from Vienna who had flown over to Chicago to operate on a wealthy millionaire's daughter who was also crippled. Well, his mother come in and the little boy just excited. Mom, mom, you, this doctor can heal me. You'll go having to operate on me. She said, son, we got no... Please go ask him. So she said, before I do, we're going to pray and believe God for a miracle. So they prayed together and asked God for a miracle. She went to see him and they wouldn't let her in. She had an appointment. But about that time, the doctor walked out. She just nosedived around his legs and began to tell her story. And the doctor said, well, ma'am, how much money do you have? She said, I have no money, doctor. I can't pay you. He said, I'm not worried about that. He said, do you have any money for the hospital and the medical needs? And she said, I have none. He said, well, ma'am, go home. Let me see what I can do. This doctor not only did the surgery, but he raised the money to pay for all the hospital bills and did that surgery. And the little boy one day, his mom said, Mom, go to the window. While she's looking out, he gets out of the bed and walks over to her. A few days later, the doc came and said, Son, I, I've got to go back to Vienna. I've just got to go back. And the little boy said this. As long as there's a tongue wagging in my head, there ain't nobody ever going to forget what you've done for me. You know what we need? We need to get a hold of the fact. As long as there's a tongue wagging in our head, we won't forget what Jesus has done for us. Amen. And we need to tell it to everybody. We I know church is crazy. Now. I know you can't shake hands and, and, and all that. But you, they ain't shut us up yet. And if there's ever a day we need to be telling our families, get off being bashful and afraid, and you just need it with a broken heart to say, are you saved? Do you know Christ? Are you saved? Tell you how it is. Darlene has a brother. He might be listening tonight. His name was Roy Allen. He would call her, and I'd be in another room, and I'd be listening. I was eavesdropping on purpose. I know you wouldn't do that, but I did. 
And I, she'd start talking. Soon, she'd be crying. Roy, you need to be saved. Roy, you need Jesus. Roy, you need to be saved. Roy, you need Jesus. And the day came whenever he called and said, I trusted the Lord as my Savior. Now you say, well, what's the big deal about that story? It happens everywhere. Yes, this past week he had a heart attack. He's in a critical condition now. And they're not sure he's going to pull out of it totally. You know what the greatest thing we got? Is he's saved. Are you listening? Are you listening? We've, we've got more the days. We're in a brand new day now. And you need to pray and believe God. And then when you get opportunity, don't let that tongue stay silent. Tell them youngins. You said they'll get mad. Let them get mad. Say, do you know Jesus? Do you know the Lord? And make certain they know Jesus Christ. We may be going to the house a lot sooner than any of us expecting to. By the way, if you're not saved, it's a good night to get saved. Amen. It's a good night to get saved. It's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you don't have this kind of faith, but you would like to have this kind of faith, you can make your pew an altar. You can come to the altar.